Hello and welcome back to the Comeback Podcast. As usual, I am your host Connor, and as you know by now, I like to interview people from Saigon, Vietnam, and around the world on a wide variety of topics and their personal experiences. Now, my guest today is from Poland and has been living in Saigon for six years. It is Alex, and we are going to talk about a wide variety of topics, including her work, divination practices, and much more. I'm excited to see where this conversation develops and where we go. Alex, welcome. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. It's a lovely Friday morning. I've just seen Jack White, the first international concert in three and a half years since I've been here. And so therefore, things couldn't be much better. Yeah, I'm very, very jealous of that. Mm. Yeah, I wish I could go, but I couldn't make it last night. Circumstances happen, right? Yeah. yeah. I do hope they have more international concerts here in Saigon. Mm. I think we need it. I think that is the only thing I missed from the UK. When I was having chats with my friends, the only only thing I really miss is like an international gig scene. Yeah, same, yeah. same here. Just, you know, somewhere to go wild and crazy. Yeah. And <laughs> I think we need that. And just to kind of give context, the venue yesterday was great. It was perfectly fine in terms of capacity and in terms of getting people in and out. And Where? Where? It was a Capitol Studio in District Where? 3. Oh, okay. Yeah, which was perfect, you know, central location. Oh easy to get parking and I just thought yeah this and it was well set up with the bar and everything I thought wow this could host gigs and I hope that Jack White is now the catalyst I know that's what I thought I yeah. hope like other artists will see oh Jack White went to Saigon let's yeah. go there exactly exactly yeah because yeah. it was really full wasn't it it was full yeah, yeah. It was completely sold out and usually you'll see artists go to Bangkok or Seoul or Manila but you never see Saigon no so when I saw Jack White in Saigon I my heart started going I thought Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Bought the ticket instantly, and I wasn't an enormous White Stripes fan. I was more casual. Yeah. yeah, n- yeah now yeah. I am. I just wanted to get to like a gig. Yeah. I yeah. know. Well, yeah. It's worked. It's magic. Absolutely. And I've been here three and a half years, and that was my first international gig experience. Mm. You've been here six years. And I haven't had one yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you have. I'm sure you've had more experience, you know, off Saigon, besides from the gigging over a six-year period. So I suppose, I guess, before we dive into that, what I do mm-hmm. is just get a background about the guests before Saigon, as in the younger years, mm-hmm. and who's sat in front of me today. Now, I know that you have a mix of a Polish-slash-English upbringing. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit more about that, just more broadly? Yeah, all right. So when I was 12, my family moved to the UK. Um, so like my young, young childhood, that's spent in Poland, and then we moved to England. As soon as I graduated university, I was like, okay, I'm out. And I came to Vietnam. So I came here when I was 22, yeah, just turned 22. And now I'm almost 29 and I'm still here. What was it? This is interesting because I'm very similar to you. Mm. I did my university in the UK, thought I've got to leave here. I've got to get out. And then came to Vietnam literally as I turned 22 and haven't left since. And it's, it kind of seems similar. What, why Vietnam? I don't know. I knew a lot of people who came here and I was like, oh, I'm gonna come here too then. I'll stay for a year and then move on to another country like, uh, I don't know, Japan, Thailand or something. But here I am, yeah. <laughs> almost seven years later. <laughs> <laughs> almost every expat I speak to about their Vietnam journey, and there's been lots now, yeah. never planned the right. <laughs> their duration. I don't know how it happens. Yeah. I mean, I've got a few theories. I think it's the the ever-changing nature, as in there's always something slightly different and unique, as mm. in there's a different wave of expats 
you know, except for the COVID point. Yeah. Or there's always something you can do and trial, and there's always new people, and things do kind of keep mixing. Whilst yeah. back in my hometown, I'm not sure about yours, mm. everything seems same same from say 2015 to 2017 to now. Yeah. I think now is a bit more diverse since I gone. Why people settle? Yeah, I do think so. I mean, the country is developing as we speak, so we actually get to see those changes happening with our own eyes, you know. And it's been amazing because I've been here for almost seven years, and Saigon has changed so much, and it's changing. Like every day, you just see new buildings popping up and new, I don't know, restaurants, cafes, mm. people trying out new styles. Like, yeah, it's very interesting. Especially coming from somewhere like UK, where everything's been quite like settled since I don't know 60s, 70s. You know, not much has changed. So it's been interesting to actually experience something like that in your lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the, a big reason why people kind of change it because there is the phrase of being stuck in the rut at home, mm. doing the same old, same old. Yeah. After a while, you do get bored. Before I'm, I'm kind of going into the Saigon, I'm interested about you growing up. Just because there's a, we always have a backstory. Always there's a reason why you're the person you are today. Um, without sounding, I suppose, like too cliche, but what was your general like childhood like, would you say? Oh, I've had a great childhood. I like my childhood in Poland, I remember so well. It's like a fairy tale, you know? That's why whenever I think about Poland, I just have like, such good memories and I really miss it so yeah that was really nice that was like a fairy tale childhood and then moving to England was a little bit more tough because we moved to a small town and just there wasn't that much to do as a kid there was not too many activities not too many like cultural things like theatres galleries you know where in Poland your culture is thrown at you maybe because I came from like a middle-sized city as well but yeah maybe just about being in the countryside <laughs> that there's not much available so it was a bit tough going to England where all you can do is just like hang out with your friends and try to make the best of it so yeah that was like a like a challenge in my early mm. early years I'd say but yeah yeah that's I've had a pretty good I bring in in childhood and I look back at it and I smile. And fond memories. Yeah. How old were you making the move to England? What age were you? Twelve. Mm. That's an interesting age because you've done your like primary schooling and you're settled right. and now you're becoming a teenager. Right. And exactly. figuring out yourself. Right. And moving from this like culturally rich place to England. Yeah. It must have been a challenge. Yeah, it was. Like only for about a year. It took me about a year to like adapt and accept. And after that, it was great, you know, like I've made some amazing friends that I'm still friends with now and some of them actually moved to Vietnam, so mm, yeah. yeah. How were you as a person then, as in were you quite a confident child, were you shy? How would you describe yourself? Oh, so as a small child, I'd say I was very confident. Then in my teens, I got, you know, how teens are, a lot more shy and insecure. Still confident in front of my friends, but more about strangers. I would be more shy around strangers. And now I'm probably a mix of both. Like, I can be shy around strangers, or I can be very confident around strangers. There's not like a set, you know? Mm. Yeah. I quite like that because you don't, 
and I, I'm often, I suppose, slightly guilty of this, of uh, labelling myself, as in labelling myself as good around people, mm. or not so good around people. Mm. And if you do that, you're always putting yourself in that box. Exactly. Yeah, so it can be key just to, I guess, go with the flow sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I feel I'm quite fluid, flexible, you know. I'm not quite there, I'm not quite here. Like, it's really, yeah. There's, some, there's something to be said for it. I'm interested in the... I suppose the cultural aspects. Growing up in Poland, you're subjected to all of this culture. Mm-hmm. What kind of influences did you have that were useful, as in from art or from music or anything else? So everything. To be fair, the person I am now and my interests now. Now I love art. I I, I love going to galleries. I love the same stuff. You know, I think it just really helped forming who I am and my likes and my preferences. Um, yeah, I still try to be surrounded by art as much as I can, as much as it's possible, and uh, yeah. Mm, and does that shape the work that you're currently in, which I believe, you know, remind me, you're at the tattoo studio, tell me more. Yeah, I think that's influenced that too, yeah, we, um, we run a tattoo studio, my partner owns that tattoo studio, and we both own a cafe, and we ran that together and I definitely tried to include like, you know, something to do with art and culture and stuff like this. And even in my free time too. Yeah, absolutely. What I, I like about this is the fact when I came to Saigon and we've spoken about I suppose the the variety of things you can do, initially I thought it was a bit too much of a piss up. Where there was bars after bars after bars, which is great sometimes. But I didn't see probably quite enough of the art side of things. So I think it's good that you've managed to, I suppose, incorporate something. Was there, from your side, a lack of art that you noticed and did you want to fill a gap? Uh, Yeah, exactly. So it was mostly about the state of public art galleries. Like coming from Europe, you know, the art galleries are very well looked after. There is a lot of funding that goes into arts, culture, preservation of arts and culture. And I didn't see it here. However, that's just talking about the public. All the small little private galleries, there's a lot going into that, a lot of thoughts, a lot of care, a lot of creativity. So I definitely went out my way and tried to find it like, they're there, but you have to try to find it. It's not just like, you know, right there in front of you. I only agree with that aspect of you have to actually go proactively looking for something. Yeah. Otherwise you can easily just let it pass you by and stumble into the pub otherwise. Uh, have you managed to kind of form like a community of any sorts within, I suppose, the artistic world? Uh, not artistic, but more like spiritual, I'd say. So again, that is something that I felt like I needed in my life. I always wanted to be part of a spiritual community. You know, a group that meets and talks about things like astrology, tarot, you know, like divination and all the all the spiritual <laughs> shit, <laughs> as you would call it. Um, I always wanted to be a part of it, but I could never find one. And I searched and searched and I never found one. And I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to make one myself, you know? So I did, and it's been great. We've been meeting for about um, a year now, like every two weeks or so. I've met so many interesting people. I've learned so much, and 
Yeah, so not actually artistic, but it's another type of community that I'm really, I'm really proud I've been, I've been able to be part of. I love the fact you've mentioned this because it can be quite easy to come as an expert and see a lack of something, like want to be in say a spiritual tribe and really want to connect with like-minded people but then you can't find it, right? And you yeah. go, oh, it's just not here in Saigon. I've heard it before. People that complain and go, oh, but this isn't here and this, make it. Well, you can go on Facebook and post an expat group pages. Who wants to join this? People will join. Exactly. Like straight away. Exactly. Yeah. And it's been amazing. Yeah, it just, thank, thank God for social media. <laughs> it can be a blessing sometimes, I suppose, yeah. when used accordingly. You mentioned divination. Yeah. Now, I'm not actually too sure with, I suppose, the definition or like what it actually means, or, or to be honest with you, what it is. I know about astrology and tarot. Mm. Um, what is divination, if you don't mind so, me asking? Divination, divination is tarot. We just meet up and we sit down and read tarot to each other. We're not actually like using crystal balls and, you know, like throwing bones and reading like, you're gonna die in 20 <laughs> years, you're gonna get hit by a candle. It's more about like divination, but giving you, giving you what? Giving you tips and inspiration rather like, oh, I'm facing this challenge. What should I do? Or I don't know, I want to improve in this way. What should I do? So it's not about like, when am I going to meet the love of my life? It's more about how can I make my life better? Mm, like more of a self-development exactly. rather than I guess this is where I, I like you explaining because if you are, let's say, skeptical, you could say it as like woo-woo. It, it's not actually that. It's not like looking for answers like the yeah. love of my life. It's literally just like, almost like a self-development tribe. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I think that's one thing that joins us together. We all want to develop ourselves and that's why we meet and we share our experiences and yeah, we're not actually reading bones and crystal balls. We're just like supporting each other on, you know, on many, many different aspects of life. Mm -hmm. And I like this because it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be from the same kind of background or the same, let's say, field where you could get someone who's sporty or someone artistic, someone from Poland, England, Brazil, and you all have something in common, which is, I suppose, the simplicity of wanting to get better. Yeah. So it's perfect for connecting people. Exactly, exactly. And it's actually better that uh, our group is so mixed because you get to learn about so many different, different cultures, different beliefs, different ways of improving, you know? Everybody's got their own thing to throw in mm. and share. Is it Vietnamese and expats? Yeah, Vietnamese and expats. Nice, yeah. It's nice to get a mixture. I think especially the West versus the East, where, of course, cultures collide, I suppose. Nice to mix it all together. And, exactly, yeah. exactly, totally. I mean, I can't speak enough Vietnamese to actually run a group like this. <laughs> I would if I could, you know. But, yeah, there's many English-speaking Vietnamese people who come in and, you know. And it's. It, I think it's so important to actually learn about the the what we you know the spiritual aspects but coming from here you know because we live here so we should be aware of what other people believe and you know and yeah absolutely having kind of empathy of stepping into somebody else's shoes seeing it from their perspective and suppose sharing notes from sometimes literally your own language and just literally in terms of your actual language spoken but also your beliefs as in your identity I suppose yeah. sharing and mixing that with others 
Um, what would a typical session look like for your divination, or is that hard to say? So, we would meet sometime in the evening, just sit down, talk, drink a tea, coffee, whatever, you know, and then we'll start talking about like, like this, I don't know, I don't even know how to call it, I don't know if there is a right or wrong way of calling it, but the spiritual aspect, you know, we would be talking about many different things and in the end if any girls or guys have any questions we would read tarot to each other or yeah that's that's about it mm, and how long would it last an hour two hours Ooh, two or three hours <laughs> yeah it does it, yeah. the time just goes really fast excellent you know, when you're having fun <laughs> yeah it sounds like a form of therapy almost. it is it is it is actually i always said that at the end whenever we finish I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted because it's very intense. All the stuff we talk about is very intense. We we try to heal each other basically, you know? And after that I'm just like I feel like I run, I don't know, ten miles. Because yeah. you're just exhausted. Yeah, but in a good way though, you know? Yeah. I mean your soul it's like a I call it a workout for the soul. I like, I love that phrase. Yeah. Especially when you meet up, you can say, oh, it's just talking. It's like, this stuff isn't just talking. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go like really, really deep into places and right. exactly. get vulnerable, exactly. especially amongst the community. And mm. like, yeah. Have, yeah. You, have you noticed any personal impact on you since you began these sessions? Well, I felt happier in my life, to be honest. I felt like this is something I've been missing. I've always need. I never knew that that I always needed to have this sort of community and help everybody get together and meet. So that's like the main thing that I've just felt more fulfilled mm. with my whole life purpose. Yeah, and now you mention the words life purpose. This is where the big question comes. What would you say your life purpose is? I know that's a bit of a left turn. That's it. Well, it feels like my divination night right here. <laughs> um, I would say, I'm not really sure exactly. I know part of my life purpose is definitely getting people together and making a safe space for everybody to help them heal and improve themselves and do whatever. That's definitely part of it. But I think there is many different parts of my life purpose. It doesn't only end there. How about you? Oh, I did say you could ask me questions and now I'm like, I think I have to be aligned with my core values, which I'm going to ask you yours in a moment, <laughs> in order to fulfill this life purpose, right? right? So when I think of what I'm made to do, I, I think, to be honest with you, try my best. I know that sounds really simple, but it is just the case of if I wake up and I do the best I do, I can do, and what I like to do, what I know will serve other people, what I'm good at, and maybe what can provide me some kind of, let's say, livelihood, so I get paid. So that's under the four stages of Ikigai. Mm -hmm. If I can do my very best upon all of those and fulfill my core values of compassion, creativity, and curiosity, then I'm living the purpose. And I think it is to spread my message with those values as best as I possibly can. Right now that's through podcasting, I'm also writing, I'm also hoping to do workshops, hence why when I speak to people who've done it, like you, it gives me some kind of inspiration, so thank yeah. you. And yeah, I think that's generally it, to be honest with you. I'm 25 now, like at that quarter life age, so 
I'm you know, fairly comfortable in what's going forward and what's gone on, but we'll see where this develops. That's probably my purpose. Okay. Yeah. But I think the reason I've managed to distill that is because I've thought of core values, like creativity, compassion, uh, curiosity. And I think once I've got the va- I had the values set, it was easier for me to set that vision. Mm-hmm. What are your core values, Alex? Well, I don't think I can answer this question because I think my core values change, you know. I would say every six months they are something different. So I haven't thought about it recently, like there's definite, I've definitely said them before, but I feel like that does not apply to me today. So I can't tell you my current mm. core values, I'll have to think about them. Sure, yeah. okay, not current, but which ones have been there for you? Well, some stuff that you said like creativity, always, yeah, always stay creative, always stay curious. Um, help people, that's something very, very important to give back as much as you can. Like, I've been really lucky for most of my life and I feel like I owe something to the world, you know? And I need to give back what has been given to me. That's something very important. Um, um, I'm sure there is more. <laughs> I, th- I think there's a perfectly kind of fine as like the summary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I think of the people I have close around me, there are certain things that I really, really appreciate, like being honest, but in a compassionate way, yeah. like being kind, like being thoughtful, like giving back, and we can have that reciprocal relationship. Yeah. And those are, I suppose, the things that I would not expect, but really appreciate from those around me. Yeah. So if I kind of twist the question to you, for those closest to you, friends, family, wh- whoever is close to you, mm-hmm. what sort of things are really important to you that they have to buy into? Also, I feel like it goes both ways. I would expect the same core values from myself and from my friends. I would never expect more from them. I've always said, I've always been so blessed. I've always been so blessed. I'm surrounded by amazing people. Uh, my family's also amazing. My friends are amazing. and. Um, those are the kind of friends that are always there for you. I'm sure if I called them at 3 a.m. and said, can I come to your house? I, I don't know, something's happened. They'll be like, please come in. And they would sleep on the floor and give me the bed to sleep. Those kind of friends. And I would do exactly the same in return. So I don't expect, actually I don't expect anything from my friends. It just happened that they are that way. And uh, I really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, so again, about the friends, always being there for you, honesty is something important. Um, those are the main things, I can't be like, be fun or something, because <laughs> that is just like very superficial, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I care more about like the, the deeper aspects, not like, oh yeah, be fun, take me out, and I don't yeah. know, like, yeah, I do appreciate that, but that is not uh, one of the core Exactly, yeah, yeah. I love the fact you mentioned the word superficial with it. It's also quite vague. If you say fun, like, what's fun to you might not be fun to me. And some someone's idea of fun might be a night by themselves with Netflix. Some might be partying until 6 a.m. Exactly. It really depends. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's more about, like, showing me support. Like, I'll show them support. They'll always be there for me and show me support as well. I think that's something very important. At my age, not your age. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? 
And if we um, flip it, and not to dwell too much, because I do believe in not dwelling on, let's say, negative energy. Yeah. But are there any values? I, I was going to use the word pet peeves, or things that you either won't tolerate or really don't appreciate, shall we say? In people or in my friends? From those closest to you. Well, to be honest, I'm very selective about those close to me. So I don't really have anybody around me who's got bad qualities about them. I keep my circle very small, but you know, I'm very selective about who I keep around me too. Mm. Are you selective in terms of, let's say, I split it into these categories, right? Not like deliberately, it just happens. Like friends, and that's really tight. Yeah. Mates who are like, not quite as close as the friends, but they're still there. Then acquaintances. Yeah, so I don't really, I, I only stay in the first circle of friends. Right. I don't really have mates. I don't really have acquaintances. I mean, I do. And I used to when I was younger, but as I got older, I realized I don't need that mm. in my life. It just, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do that. Everybody's different and it is something that I needed and I had in earlier years of my life. It just now, as I got older, it just not a necessity anymore. Mm. So I just keep my friends around me and that's it. Yeah, I think when it you get older, there is this natural tendency to value quality over quantity. Exactly. Because exactly. there's so many like bullshit friendships, let's say. Exactly. As a and teen, it's, it's it kind of wastes each other's time, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really does. It wastes time and energy, and those are, I suppose, money's third on the things to manage effectively: yeah. time, energy, and money. The first two, like, if you are around, like bad friends etc and yeah. you're not selective yeah. then it can really backfire upon you 100% 100% and yeah I, I've, I've heard stories of my friends or like being surrounded by like toxic friends uh, not friends like acquaintances and stuff I'm just like cut them out yeah. like as soon as somebody shows any negative aspects I'm just like mm. okay that's it. I, th I think there's actually, I remember thinking this and it, it was almost like a light bulb moment of you can like somebody but not like their company. As in like I can perfectly let's say like you but if I'm not enjoying being around you and we're not going to that next level, is there any point in this? Like I can wish you well, great, but there's no point continuing. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. And I mean, it, like I said, it differs from a person to person. I'm not saying one way is better to another. Everything is personal. So, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I'm trying to think, are you more introverted or extroverted? Because you can be selective, but also... So I'm, I'm half and half. I would say, again, I don't fit <laughs> into, I don't fit into one, one or another. I'm quite fluid. I have times when I'm very extroverted and I want to be out and I want to be around people and, you know, I need that social life. And then there are times when I need a downtime and I need to be at home alone and watch movies and clean all the clutter or something, <laughs> you know? So I'd say, yeah, it's no point of like saying, yeah. oh, I'm extroverted, I'm introverted. Just be yourself. If you feel, you know, like you want to be alone, be alone. Then if you feel like going out the next day and, you know, spending time with 20 people, then yeah, that's fine. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I like this aspect that we've touched upon, I suppose throughout the conversation of, let's say, rejecting labels or not jumping into boxes, mm. being selective with time and being selective with those around you, also very important, yeah. a lesson I've learned the hard way. Uh, doing things you like and building your own community, 
connecting with the tribe. There's a lot of takeaways here, yeah. and a lot that I'll take away, and I'm sure those listening will do. I'm going to ask you the final question in a moment, but before I do that, has there been a question I've not asked you that you would have liked me to, or that you expected? Um, So. That's good, because the reason I ask that is because sometimes the guest has a question in their head that they would love me to ask them, but I don't. So if I give you the opportunity, then you yeah. can say, yeah. Yeah, I think it's easier for me to answer rather than think of something <laughs> about myself. Possibly, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I suppose that's good. I think we've covered a lot of the bases, like the lessons that I've just mentioned, and yeah. I'm glad we've had the chance to do so. Yeah. The final question... A lot of people hate this one. It's like, what are the future aims? So let's say it's November 2023, mm-hmm. a year from now, and I welcome you back and say, Alex, welcome back. How are you? What have you What have you been up to the last year? What would you like to be telling me about what you've done? I would like to be telling you that I keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm still, you know, building up my uh, little community. We're meeting up. We're doing our things. You know, we're helping each other. Probably doing some other because I've always wanted to be part of like many clubs like book club, movie club and whatever. So probably starting like close of different clubs because that's going back to the thing we talked about before we spoke on here. How when we came here we were both only 22 and all we did was go to Boivien and party and everything had no substance, you know. So I'm trying to get that substance into my life and if there are no ways like for example there is no book club or movie club i'm happy to start my own you know and i've been doing that with my friends actually and it's been great like actually meeting up and talking about these like more intellectual and stimulating things rather than those like you know empty drinking yeah yeah talks over beer (laughs) so yeah i think continuing what i'm doing um maybe managing my time better (laughs) but that's yeah that's the one yeah I like the fact you've mentioned this about like let's say novelties with like book clubs and movie clubs because the huge difference for me in my Saigon journey going from let's say a potential disappointment to an absolute roaring success is the idea of mixing and doing different things like if I want to have an intellectual stimulating spiritual conversation I can do easily and also being selective about let's say the boy being nights because right. I think occasionally they're good and I really don't want to be that guy who goes oh you should never party it's a waste of time because <laughs> sometimes it's fun in, oh, yeah. in, in my opinion in my opinion too yeah but I think I've realized the last year or so there's a lot of nights out in my life I could have really missed out on like I really did not miss out where when I was at uni and my first year of Vietnam I went to every party because mm-hmm. what if I missed this great night a lot of them weren't that great yeah. you know a lot of them were forgettable but a lot of them say different things I've done have been incredible so I think just balance balance and novelty of do, do stuff that you class as fun right but also mix up and make sure you're doing something for yourself and oh, not yeah. just because it's easy oh yeah totally and even you said about like occasional parting like I'm not against that like you know I'm happy to meet and do those wait there is an under I'm happy to meet and do intense spiritual sessions. I'm happy to meet and do intellectual sessions, but I'm also happy to go out and party sometimes. I think that's the most important thing in life is to balance, balance things out. Don't go into one side too much. Try to stay in the middle. 
exactly. And then overall, it's the, I think as an expat and I suppose as a lesson for life, I think it's very valuable. Yeah. Thank you very much, Alex. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Oh yeah, thank you too. I really enjoyed it too. Excellent. Uh, all the very best with your future projects. I look forward to seeing where this goes. And yeah, yeah. have a nice day. You too. Thank you.